The book of Isaiah is filled with lots of words from God about who Jesus is and what Jesus was coming to do. And Isaiah 40 is one of those prophecies. And so I want to begin in verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Well, who is God talking to here in Isaiah 40? He's speaking to a group of people who have been exiled from their homeland. They were taken by, by force from the place where they had lived to a foreign country as slaves, as servants, as people who were captives uh, to a winning army. And by this point, by Isaiah 40, they're not in the first generation of exiles. These are the people who left their home. This is the second or third generation. These are the people who have heard the stories only through their grandparents and parents. These are the people who don't have memories of their homeland. They don't have nostalgic leanings to look back upon. All they know of is being controlled by foreign governments who worship different gods. And the reason they had been exiled is as simple as this, that they had stopped worshiping God and God alone. Yes, they, they sinned in lots of other ways, but the real key to it all was that they stopped worshiping God and God alone and refused to change from those ways. But as one theologian said, like tiny children, they have stumbled in the uncertain paths of the world and will be bruised by their fall, but they have a God who is rushing to pick them up in his arms. And to those people, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and that her sins are pardoned. The dictionary says that to comfort means to ease the grief or distress of, to console. And being comforted implies an end to bad times, to sadness, to pain. But comfort never comes with it. I told you so when it's coming from Jesus. No, that's what we do. We, we comfort our children and we, as we're hugging them and, and telling them that it's going to be okay, we're also often saying things like, now, if you would have listened to me when I told you not to do that, this wouldn't have happened. Maybe next time you can remember and do things a little bit differently. Uh, God is so much better than us, though. He doesn't say, I told you so. He comforts us with forgiveness and with promise of new tomorrows, of good that's coming in our lives. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all of her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight a highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Why does the road need straightened? Why does it need cleared and leveled and made straight? It's so that nothing gets in the way of the Lord coming, of God coming to his people. It's so that he doesn't get a flat tire. It's so that he doesn't get stuck in a pothole. It's so he doesn't stop and have to ask for directions. It's straight. It's clear. You see him coming. You know when he's on his way. That's why he's going to make it to us. And Eugene Peterson said, what has been a threat to our comfort will become the level highway of God. And the voice of someone shouting in the wilderness. You know, there's this trail of voices throughout the Bible. 
It's a sort of call and response from God to us, God to us, back and forth. It starts in the beginning when God spoke and there was light. He spoke to Adam and Eve. He called Abraham by name. He called Noah. He called David. He called Samuel. He spoke to the prophets. He called to Peter, James, and John and asked them to follow him. He spoke to Paul in the middle of a road and said, come and follow me. There is this constant call and response that's going on throughout the Bible. And he's saying to broken people, be comforted, says the voice of God. And then a new voice shouts out, clear the way for the Lord. And last week, Sarah was talking about two older folks who had a surprising baby. Their names were Zachariah and Elizabeth, and their son's name was John. John, as he got older, had this nickname called the Baptist because he baptized people. That was what he did. And John was kind of crazy. He lived alone in the desert, basically because nobody else wanted to live out there with him. He, he ate honey, which was okay. But he also ate locusts, which I think is kind of gross. But every day he was out there by the river Jordan preaching this message, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And every day people would line up to be baptized into the river by John, repenting of their sins and looking for the Savior to come. And in John chapter 1, some people from Jerusalem come to question him. And they're asking him who he is. And in verse 21, this is what they say. Who are you? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you a prophet? And he said, no. And finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. John, nicknamed the Baptist, who happened to be a cousin of Jesus, was the one prophesied of here in Isaiah chapter 40. He's the voice crying out to all who are around him and telling him that get ready for God to show up. And in John 1.29, we see that God appears in the flesh. And John's talking to people and he looks up and he points and he says, See, right there, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Rich Volotis is a New York City pastor, and he said, John the Baptist is one of my favorite people in Scripture. He knew who he wasn't, and he knew who he was. And every day I need to get clear in my soul who I am and who I am not. Otherwise, I find myself living a life God never called me to be. John knew that he wasn't the Messiah. His message was about finding comfort in the Messiah, not in and of himself. And our message always has to be about Jesus, not above ourselves. We're always looking for the lamb who takes away the sins of the world, who takes away my sin and who takes away yours. So let's keep going and see what our response needs to be in this call and response of voices in verse six. A voice said, shout. And I asked, what should I shout? Shout the people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as flowers in a field. The grass withers. The flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. 
The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Another voice speaks out and it yells and it says, shout, speak up. Speak this truth. The people age, the beauty disappears, the grass withers, the flowers fall apart. But you know what stands firm through all of those reality? The voice of God. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintop, shout it louder over Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming with power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother's sheep with their young. Shout it out. Shout the good news of God bringing good news to us. He is coming to comfort us in the places that we are at right now. But what does it look like for God to come and bring comfort to you and to me? It means that he's in control. He brings comfort through his control when we are safe in his powerful arms because we can rest because we don't have to worry about being the ones who are in charge. He's providing for us like a shepherd with his flock. And that requires a very personal, physical, close proximity provision. He can't be far off. He's got to be right there so that he knows when we're hungry, so he can feed us. He's got to be right there so he knows when we're hurting, so he can heal us. He's got to be right there so that he knows when we need warmth, that he can warm us up. He, he requires attention to our immediate needs. He's carrying us when we're too weak and we can't make it. He doesn't leave us behind. He doesn't say, suck it up and keep walking. No, he lifts us up into his strong arms and he carries us to make sure that we get to where it is that he's going. And he places us in community like a a, a baby lamb being placed with his mother in her pen. He places us in community where we can be cared for, specifically around people who can love on us and pour into us like a mother with her young. Friends, don't look for comfort in temporary places. Comfort is found in Jesus, and Jesus is right here. Eugene Peterson again wrote, Hear this word and be comforted, not in a future of fantasy, but in an, not in a nostalgic longing for the past, but right here in your home, your workplace, your family, your heart. Build the Lord's highway right here. Be comforted right now, not in the past, not in a hope for, hope for future, but in the reality of where you are at right now. Shout it from the mountaintops. Shout the good news and do not be afraid. Tell people that your God is coming. Friends, we get joy from the baby Jesus. We hear the stories and we're filled with joy and with hope because it's the first instance of God fully with us. God came and lived among us as one of us and he calls us his own. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Shout it out. Your God has come to be with you. 
Friends, we are comforted by the good news of the Holy Spirit because the day of Pentecost changed everything because it meant that God came and lived with us always, not just with us, but in us, speaking to us, never stopping, never leaving, always guiding, always speaking right here and right now. The voice of God is with you. Shout it out because God is with you. But that's not all. No, we're not called to stop shouting. We're called to keep shouting because our God is going to return. The first time he came as a baby, the second time he's not going to look like that anymore. I don't know what he's going to look like, but I'm here for it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm waiting for it. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Revelations 21 three through five. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and he will be himself with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Hear this word, friends, and be comforted. The path is being made straight. Pardons are being handed out to those who ask. The day of sadness is coming to an end. Know Jesus and know comfort. But if you know Jesus, you will know comfort. So here's my question. Do you know Jesus? Because comfort only comes through Jesus and he wants to bring it to you right here and right now, December of 2020. He's bringing life. He's bringing healing. He's bringing his glory. He's bringing forgiveness from things you never thought you would receive forgiveness for. It's all here. The question is, are you willing to hear his voice and to accept him? Are you open to Jesus? And I want to invite you to respond to this right here and right now. If you're looking for comfort, it comes through Jesus. If you're looking for forgiveness, it comes through Jesus. If you need to be me, be made whole, to be remade, that happens through Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And do you want to know Jesus? If you do, I want to pray with you right here and right now. And so what I want to invite you to do, if you're open to this, is just open up your hands. It's not anything weird. It's just a way of saying, I'm open. I want you to come and speak to me. Come, Jesus, show yourself who, who you are. I want to know you. So if you're willing, just open up your hands with me right now and let's pray. Jesus, I just ask you to show yourself to me. I need you. Come and speak to me. Let me hear your voice. Let me be aware of who you are and where you are in my life. I admit that I don't have it all together. I try, but I I know by this point that my trying doesn't quite get me there. And I believe that there's something more and that that something more is you. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to feel your comfort this Christmas. I want to know you in my life. Come, Lord Jesus.
Amen.